It's summertime and bad hair days are rife. This next poem is called Need to Bust Out the Hair Product. This is called Need to Bust Out the Application, the Poetry Writing 101. Sylvia's Cycles on the Dukey Radio Show. With me in the studio, I have Sylvia herself and Marsha. Yeah, what up, people? Hello, Dukey listeners. Sylvia's Cycles, apart from the fact that this is indeed a challenging pairing of words for your good self. Sylvia Cycles. Yes. What's it all about? Talk to me, Sylvia. Yeah, can I just say, can I butt in? Uh, butt away. Sylvia, you're looking pretty green. Looking a little green today. I'm feeling a little green, and I'll tell you why. Well, Martha, you know why, but Dookie, you may not know why, but I think what you're alluding to is the fact that it's that time of year again, Tour de Sylvia's sitting room. Last year, you constructed a special static cycling device, which yes. was attached to your television, Yes. so that the only way that you could keep power going to your television yes. was through the means of pedalling away on said stationary bike. Yes. And ha- I'm doing it again, Dookie, only today I'm having a slight problem. I think that I had... The, the Chinese that I had last night was perhaps not, shall we say, the cleanest food that I've ever had in my life. Right. Are we entering the arena of tummy troubles? I've got some tummy troubles today, Dookie. I do. There's been some visits to the bathroom today, Dookie, that have been lengthy and interesting. Interesting? Yes. Care to share? No. So you had a Chinese last night? It's not that I have a problem sharing. It's just that I wouldn't do that to your listeners. Right. Okay. So you had a Chinese last night? I did. There are other takeaways. There are other takeaways, indeed. There are other cultural foodstuffs. Indeed. Perhaps you've been inspired to look elsewhere, geographically speaking, for your weekly Well, treat. tonight, I do believe you're making us Italian tonight, are you not? I am indeed, yes. Yeah... Uh, she's not looking like she's going to be eating much anything. Meat substitute or not? No, I'm not feeling in a good place for dinner at the moment. But more importantly, so I'm watching the tour today whilst I'm cycling because I wasn't working today. Right? Right. So, and I start to feel really quite weenified because... There were there were two major crashes on the tour today. And when these guys crash on the tour, they crash. I mean, we're not talking taking a little tumble. We're talking these guys must have been going at about 40 miles an hour. Easily. And, and, and they're all in a pack. 
So when one goes, the rest of them all around goes. And these guys were going butt over handlebar. And so I'm cycling along and, and you know, with them on my stationary bike in my fitting room. And I see them going butt over handlebar, butt over handlebar, on the tarmac, rolling. It is crazy. And it actually slowed me down. And it made me feel a little bit more nauseous. And they're coming off with their torn jerseys and everything. It was horrible to watch. So then I'm thinking, you know what? I think I'm going to stop because I'm really feeling very green around the gills. And then you know what one of the announcers said, Dookie? What? He said that one of the guys that had been involved in the crash had dislocated his shoulder. But it's okay because his team had put it back for him. And he was back in the race. As you do. His team had put it back for him. My word, that is painful just thinking about it. Did you see the actual footage of this take place? No, but wouldn't you love to? Because I'm thinking, wow, this guy is badass. I mean, all of these guys are badass, but this guy is really badass. Because when I fell off, I was actually out last year on an actual bike, and I actually fell off my bike. And I hurt my knee. And I'm not too bad with pain, I don't think. I think I'm okay. But I did kind of hobble home and look for Marcia to give me some sympathy. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to get, but it took me about a week or so to get back on my bike. I wasn't, and you know, I wasn't, I just kind of strained something in my knee and it wasn't that big of a deal. And I did go to work and everything, but it did, you know, you want some sympathy, do you not? Of course. I think that's what having friends and supportive flatmates is all about. Yeah, I wouldn't, if I had dislocated something, I wouldn't have wanted Marcia to go, I'll put it back for you and then you can get right back out of there. I wouldn't have wanted that. I would have wanted to go to the emergency room, have a qualified professional put it back for me. And then uh, some painkillers and a lie down. That's what I would want. Here's a practical question. Yes. Now, you've rigged up your stationary static bicycle to power up the television. I have. When Marsha is at your flat, for our listeners not in the know, Marsha and Sylvia cohabitate. They are flatmates. When she's at home. When she's at home. Yes. And she just wants to watch Coronation Street, for instance. Yeah. Does it mean I, that she also has to pedal away in order to maintain a decent amount of power are you out to of your the mind? television? Are you out of your mind? Have you seen the size of my ass? No, I'm not. You know, it's kind of cute because... You know, you know, we usually, well, you've been over to our house. I mean, we usually sit and watch, if we're going to watch television, we're going to do it in the living room, right? Mm. But for these three, whatever weeks, three, is it four? I don't know. It seems like forever. It's, it's you know, the tour, it's Ramadan. Everything's happening in July. Uh, when If we just want to watch television instead of like de-rigging the whole thing, which let's face it, would be a pain in the ass. Uh, we just go sit on my bed and watch it. Watch it in there. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take the whole thing apart and then put it back together. But you know, I want to support her. She likes this kind of thing. I don't know why you want to watch a hundred human chicken bones on two wheels. 
you know, killing themselves four hours a day for three weeks. I, I don't know why you want to watch that. Do you you want to watch that, Dookie? I do. It's about the triumph of the human endeavor. So you do you watch it? I do. You watch the whole thing? No, I watch the highlights okay. and I'll dip in and I'll dip out. They're a bunch of human chicken bones. I mean, they go flying. You know, of course they're going to dislocate something. You know, if I was going to do that, you know, at least I have a lot of padding to... But these guys... What'd you say to me yesterday? How much body fat do they have? 5%. 5%. 5%? I don't think I've had 5% body fat since I was, like, born. They are bones and skin. Yeah, but but isn't it... Doesn't it just look the same the whole time where, all right, they're cycling, and then, like, an hour later, you know, they're still cycling? Different terrain. Okay. Different conditions. Yeah, you know. Different cyclists who specialize or are more adept at those types yeah, of terrain right, and conditions. Yeah, adept. That's a good word. And uh, here's a practical question yeah. for Sylvia. Yes. What do you wear when you're doing your tour to Sylvia's sitting room? Dookie, I think, I think I'm going to answer that in two ways. I'm going to give you the fictitious answer and then I'm going to give you, the, and I'll give you the real answer. Not necessarily in that order. Right. And you can figure out which is the truth and which is a lie. Feels like a dodgy British panel yes, television it show. Does. Yes, one of those panels where they they're all egotistical men shouting at each other, and one token woman who's there to be pretty. Indeed. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I just insert some of my personal opinion about panel shows? You've just I'm described. Sorry. <laughs> you've just described every panel show. To be fair. Of course. So how do? Okay. So one answer to that question is: I wear uh, lycra. Uh, lycra with the uh, short sleeve lycra top, right? Right. And with the name of your sponsor and with the name of my sponsor and my number on my butt. Right. Okay. And what is your number, Sylvia? One seven two. One seven two. Yes. And my team colors, which, which are, are black and white. Why is that? So they're monochrome. Right. Okay. So because they're my team colors. Fair enough. Okay, and they look fabulous. And then I wear uh, lycra shorts. So that's all very boring, right? But when you get down to footwear, I wear these shoes that only weigh on their own 175 grams. Right. And then over the top... Or rather light. Yes, exactly. So, And then over the top of the shoes, I have special lycra socks that make it even more aerodynamic. So you have shoes that only wear, weigh 175 grams. And then over the top of that, just to make it more swooshy, so the air swooshes over the everything. Everything has to swoosh. Swooshy is proper yes. technical terminology. Uh, and of course, in a sitting room, being aerodynamic is quite important. Absolutely. So uh, I'm no physics, uh, physics expert. I can't even say it by any means. But I know that when you're cycling, everything is swooshy. And then for a helmet, I wear one of those that looks like how to describe it not like a normal bicycle helmet but you know the ones that the professionals wear where it goes down your back yes so that you know it, it, it tapers off into a point look at me i'm demonstrating even on radio um sorry that wasn't a command i was just saying how silly do i look i'm i'm gesticulating on the radio but you know where it tapers off 
down, you know, down over your shoulders so that when you're hunched over, the air can just swoosh over you. It minimizes brake levels. It swooshes. And then, and then sometimes I wear fingerless gloves. Sometimes. Sometimes I wear fingerless When you're feeling gloves. a little bit naughty. Yes, when I'm feeling very naughty. Oh, and then I should also say that in the back of my short sleeve top, I have pockets in the back for all my, keeping all my like energy gels and my power bars. Right. So that's, that's one answer to that question. The other answer to that question is that I wear leggings and socks and a tank top. And that's what I wear. I don't wear any shoes or anything. No shoes. No, why wear shoes? Which one of those answers do you think is the true answer? You went into such detail yes. about your informal wear yes. that I would say it's the informal option. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. That would be... You know how I know about the shoes is because I was actually looking this up on Google yesterday. Every like, gram counts. And they do have to... Look, you should buy these shoes for your racing because they only weigh 175 grams. And I just thought, wow, when you're getting into grams of your shoes, you know, every gram counts. But, you know, like like you said, I'm in my sitting room. Who cares? I mean, I, I don't care. The only thing I care about is if, if somebody comes to the door, you know, I, and I and Marcia's not home and I have to answer the door. You know, I can't. I don't want to look too ridiculous. She doesn't look ridiculous. She just looks like, she, you know, you don't wear anything different, do you, than when you're just slobbing around watching television. No, that's true. That do you stick true. to any colors even in your informal wear? While cycling. No. Whatever's clean. So if recently I've done a red load, then I'm likely to be wearing red stuff. Does this mean that when you're watching the tour while pedaling away in order to keep power to your television, that you begin to, if you're wearing red, to favour those countries or teams who are sporting the same colour? Sometimes, yes, that is some doubt, but I'm a bit stupid when it comes to all the tour rules. So a lot of times I don't, I look at them and I think, I don't know who they are. So I don't really know who to root for because, you know, I like the tour and I like to watch the tour, but I'm a bit stupid about it. Have you found yourself since the tour started? Yes. And by the tour, I'm referring to Tour de Sylvia's sitting room. Have you, since it began, since the time trials kicked off, Have you found yourself going USA, USA, particularly as the 4th of July only recently came and went? No, but I do know the big American racer who's in it. His name is Tyler. Because it would be Tyler, isn't it? I mean, Tyler is a solid American name. And the only reason that I can pick him out from the other, I don't know, hundreds of cyclists, you know, like Marcia said, they all look like chicken bones. You know, you can't you can't spot the difference in any of them. And plus, mostly what you're looking at is their swishy butts. Because when they're cycling along, their butts go swish, 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 swish. And their butts are like eight inches across, if that, right? So I can't tell the difference. The only way that I can tell the American guy is because his bicycle is emblazoned in Stars and Stripes. So he's just a little bit patriotic. So the rest of them, they're pretty low key, I guess. They have, you know, their bikes might have a little bit of their country's colors on them. But his bike is, if you took the American flag and turned it into Teflon and put tires on it, that would be his bicycle. 
It might so, look like a candy cane, but you just try to lick well, it. Well, exactly. So, you know, he stands out from the crowd like that. The rest of them, I have no idea who they are. And sometimes they say, oh, today, so-and-so, he's wearing the yellow jersey. And I'm like, yeah, but like eight of them are wearing yellow. So, I, But one of them is slightly darker yellow. So, that must, so like I say, I'm a bit sick about it. To me, it's just it, the human endeavor. Body is machine. I like that. Are you partial to ectomorphs? No, I'm usually a bit partial to a dad bod. Right. I do like a dad bod. Does this come in cycles where when you are getting stuck into peddling away that you start to look at those bony bums and think, hello? No, I'm not partial to a bony bum. I'm Because uh, yourself and Marcia have heard to death and listeners have heard to death of my deep, deep and abiding love and lust for the art critic that is Valdemar Januszczak. Mm. And, you know, he's got a dad bod. And I think he is the most beautiful creature that ever walked the face of the earth. That belly, yum. So these skinny little chicken bone boys, mm. and they're too young for me as well. You know, they're all like children, you know, and then, you know, and they did. But yeah, so to me, they look at, I look at them and I just think, I just want to feed them up a little bit. I, I just feel like they're mama. Like, if they all had a big crash outside my house, I would just be out there feeding them donuts and making them peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I mean, come on, boys. You need to eat. Keep up your strengths. Have you found that your television viewing has been reduced since it's become dependent upon your own peddling? No, Mar- what? Oh, no, because like Marcia said, we just go into her bedroom oh, and we just course. sit there you, and we you just, said. oh, right. you know, half the record, dookie. We know you were watching that last night because we were all texting each other about it. Yes. Off the record. <gasps> See, the thing is that uh, she says she likes a dad bod, but she also likes a grandpa bod because we know for a fact that she has the hearts for the half. Do you like the half? When I was nine, he was going to be my husband. Right. He and nobody. Men- every, everybody mentions Baywatch, and I don't, sorry, are we turning this into the Sylvia show? Which is just so wrong. It is called Sylvia's cycle, okay, so we're duty I'm bound to feature you quite heavily. Okay, Sylvia. that is very flattering. Deal with it. Can I just say that everybody talks about Baywatch and the other one that I never watched was Night Rider. Night Rider. Nobody ever mentions the fact that he was on two things that changed my life. He was on both uh, The Young and the Restless. Which is an American soap opera. He played Gary, and I do remember that, even though I haven't seen it since I was nine years old. He played Gary on uh, The Young, or maybe that was his name on, I'm pretty sure that was his name on The Young and the Restless. I'm not sure whether or not that particular show crossed the pond to the UK. Although a lot of those shows in Italy and Spain have done very well. He, when he... Oh, when he was on The Young and the Restless, and then he was on The Love Boat. Love Boat did make it oh, to uh, screens. Dookie, he and Julie had a torrid, torrid love affair. And it was a special where they went to Alaska. Right. And he was married, but he was a widower. And he had two young daughters who just fell in love with Julie. And he fell in love with Julie. And they had such a romance. It was like Romeo and Juliet. And in that particular episode... 
Hasselhoff would have just been an, a regular passenger. Yeah, he was a passenger. A, a person who liked oh, cruising. Oh, dookie. Their romance, they, it was Romeo and Juliet. It was Heloise and Abelard. It was John Paul Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir all over again. Very highbrow references oh. for such a lowbrow actor and well, show. Dookie. Oh, it, and I just thought, I'm going to be Julie, I'm going to become a cruise director, and I'm going to marry him, because I don't know why she wouldn't quit her job and marry him. He's the most beautiful man who ever lived. So when I look at the Hoff now, I don't see the bumbling fool that he's become. I see the gorgeous man who I was going to marry. His most recent vehicle... Yes. ...is obviously based around the idea that... Celebrities are playing themselves, but amplifying their characteristics. And he's playing a jackass. Yes. Yeah. And in a way, playing up on the more naff parts of his personality. Having seen two episodes of this new series, Hoff the Record. It is Hoff the Record, isn't it? It's Hoff the Record. And. Despite the fact that I'm aware that he's producing the show, I can't help but think he's actually not completely in on the joke. He's the worst thing in it. The other people, the supporting cast, are genuinely brilliant. See, there's no, there's, you can only look at that show in two ways. It's like you can either look at it as in, okay, this guy, meaning David Hasselhoff, he's either so cool that he doesn't mind having his entire life and career made fun of, right? So he's either the dude, like, he's so comfortable with who he is that he doesn't care, or he's so stupid that he has no idea that everybody is, like, ripping him to shreds. I don't know which one it is, but it's compelling. In a way, he's trying to follow in the footsteps of Matt LeBlanc in Episodes, who is playing a very amplified version of himself. And having seen Matt on many chat shows, the real Matt, or at least the one portrayed on these chat shows, seems to be quite a, a demure, very he nice, likeable like person. Very lovely man. And he plays a bit of a weapon on Episodes. On... Hoff the record. It's kind of like, you know what Hoff the record is? It's kind of like a roast, but like in a sitcom kind of vehicle. Yes. You know what I mean? Is is that the right word, roast? Is that what they call it? Yes. Like the Charlie Sheen roast. Yes. Yeah, Sylvia can't watch those because they make her want to cry. Yes, or the, the Justin Bieber roast, which was on quite recently. I have to watch those like, the way you watch a horror, horror movie, like through your fingers. Like, if I watch it like this, I won't actually see the, the carnage that is happening to this person. Even if I hate them, even if I don't really care, and I know that I don't care... Like, I don't care about Charlie Sheen. I don't know him. I don't. I'm, I assume he's a big boy and he can take care of himself. He doesn't need me to feel bad for him. Cringeworthy I, does but it's come so to awful. mind. I just. Ah. Uh, mm. And yes, the hot show is like a roast. He. But does he or does he not know? I think, in a way, if I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, it would be that he's trying to 
play up on the fact that he's good-natured yeah, and you know what maybe in the past has been in on the joke, even though he wasn't. And as a way of repairing the damage, he's laughing at himself retrospectively with a view to possibly increasing his shelf life. Yeah, you, mean, you know what it is? It's like the fat kid at school who's trying to be the fat, funny kid, even though he's not very funny. And he's trying to, like, you know, make the joke about himself before anybody else does, but he's not funny, and then it's just heartbreaking. You know, you got the fat, funny kid at school who's really funny, and then he goes on to have a stellar career as a comedian, and you think, you know, yeah, he's really funny, and everybody's laughing with him, but the fat, fun- the fat, unfunny kid who's trying to make a joke at his own expense, that's not funny, that's just, that'll break your heart kind of crap. I'm so fucking fat that if I was to hang myself, I'd bring the whole fucking roof down. How about that? Yeah. Ah. Oh, Dookie, did you see the big fat man who was on Seinfeld when you were at Edinburgh a few years ago? Yes, John, John Panette. John Pinnett. Now, I knew you would because I knew you were a Seinfeld fan. And he was in a couple of episodes of Seinfeld. And so he was billing himself as being, you know, on the cast of Seinfeld the way that you would. He made me laugh so hard I had to change my underwear after. He made me laugh so hard that the people around me, they were laughing as well in the audience. They were laughing really hard. But they were looking at me like, wow, she really thinks this is funny. You showed me to him. You showed him to me on YouTube, and I did laugh so hard I nearly crapped myself. Because to me, there is nothing funnier than fat humor. I, uh, you know, I can't. I can't think of anything funnier than fat humor. Now, there's a guy ripping himself to shreds and being really funny about it. He passed away about two or so years ago. I know, that was so sad. Mm. It it wasn't long after he had been at Edinburgh, and I just thought, I I want to meet him, I want him to be my brother. And uh, it was just so sad. At the performance that um, I saw, he gave a a thank you to everyone individually as they were leaving the venue and oh that's so sweet so yes i you know there is i agree with you marcia that there are are people like that where you just think they can take the mickey out of themselves and we're all just loving them for it and we just we forget about whatever they're taking the mickey out of themselves for because they're just so they're amazing people the hoff i prefer to think of him on the love boat, dating Julie with his two beautiful daughters. Why she didn't run away with him is anyone's guess. To me, that will be a mystery until the day I die. Why did she not go up to Captain Steubing and say, I'm handing in my notice because the cruise director does report directly to the captain of the ship. That's completely normal, right? Just the way the bartender hangs out with the captain, right? So perfectly that's, normal. That's perfectly, all perfectly normal. normal so. All of these... For those not in the know, are genuine character descriptions and from the love boat. Yes, so I, I'm Julie, and I'm the cruise director, so I'm in charge of fun. I would go up to Captain Steubing, and I would say, I'm handing in my notice. This is going to be my last cruise, because I'm running away with this man to get married. And, why? you know, that would probably be my dying thought. Like, the minute before I snuff it, I'll be thinking, you know, I love everyone in my life and all these lovely people. And why did Julie not run away with David Hasselhoff? Is she crazy? Talking of actors playing themselves and taking the mickey out of themselves and playing enhanced versions of their own characters. Yeah. 
one show which didn't really take off, but in DVD form and now through the glories of YouTube has become a cult classic is Kirstie Alley in Fat Actress. Fat Actress, Dookie, you are talking my language. That woman, the opening scene, uh, you know, normally I have uh, I have a slightly low tolerance for fat humor because I just think it gets overused a little bit too much. Like, uh, you know, especially with women, you know, and I know I talk about my fat ass a lot and stuff. Never, never. But, yeah. I you never, never do. Yeah. Because, you know, it is fat and whatever. It is. Uh, I don't really care. But. Uh, you shouldn't. My ego isn't tied into my fat butt. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Because it's not. Uh, but so I do think, you know, women, you know, maybe they could find some other avenues. But. You know, when she's lying on the floor of her bathroom after she's just weighed herself, that that was funny. That was funny. And and her PA, no, no, her stylist, Kevin, who's a woman called Kevin, she needs to be my sister. She is all kinds I, I of fat. I do fab. love her. If, if any listeners haven't seen Fat Actress... Get it, get the DVD. You know, I do feel like it needs to come with a proviso, though, because let's face it, it wasn't genius, was it? No. And and the and the first series is better than the second, and you get some John Travolta in it. To be fair, you may be mixing up her shows. There was only one series of Fat Actress. She oh. then had a, a Fly on the Wall. Oh no, I'm just, Cribs I think I'm just show. mixing up DVDs. Cause... And the person who plays Kevin is American actress Rachel Harris. Yeah, she's something else. I, 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 I think I'm just mixing up because I have the DVD and it's got two DVDs. And I know that when I put in the second one, yeah, this one, it started to get a little dicey. For reasons I have no idea of, a single series with not that many episodes was divided into two discs, possibly to accommodate all of the special features. Can I just say, listeners, maybe try to get it for free, not that I'm condoning that, because you might want to kill Dookie and I if you watch it and go... The first four episodes are very good. But if you like your fat woman humour and you like a little, you know, sassy blonde and, you know, it's... There are worse ways of spending your time. Absolutely. I've seen it. I thought it was very funny. And Kevin can be my sister too. Sylvia, now you appear to favour the vintage David Hasselhoff. Oh, the young and the restless dookie, my coming of age. Why is it that... So Night Rider didn't resonate with you. I don't know. I guess by that, by the time Night Rider came along, it was just a little bit too boy for me, and I had kind of moved on. I think by the time, what what year are we talking with Night Rider? Night Rider is nineteen eighty two, eighty three okay. or so. Yeah, I might have moved on that year to like. I really got kind of into like more musicians by that time. Right. So I was kind of like really feeling out. You know, I'm not saying that I was always cool because I did go through an Andy Gibb phase, which I'm not proud of. But then I did really get into like Robert Plant, and he was my man. And so, Robert Smith. And I didn't get into Robert Smith until I moved over here. Really. So it took a while for you to go from the Hoff to Goth. 
Uh, it took a while to go from Hoth to Goth. That is very good, Dookie. I mean, I did make that, but in those, you know, after after the Young and the Restless, and the and he didn't appear. You know, he wasn't a regular on the Love Boat. He was only a guest. So I think I just, you know, it just became about, you know, m- the metal gods. You know, give me some Robert Plant. I will still love Robert Plant. Metal so, gods. We're also talking about Judas Priest. Not Judas Priest. Right. So I have a very narrow window. Clearly. I suppose. Of men who I adored in the 80s. Back to Hasselhoff. Yes. And the late 80s and early 90s. Yes. He single-handedly unified Germany. Yes, see, I didn't know about that because, firstly, I'm an ignoramus. And in 1989, I was uh, to up my own bumhole, as you Brits would say, um, to notice what was going on outside of my own, you know, my own little life, you know. So I I didn't, you know, I noticed a wall coming down, but you know what you're like when you're young and you just, you know, you just, the rest of the world doesn't impact on you. And I certainly didn't know about him singing. It was beautiful. You can watch it all on YouTube. Yes, I uh... have seen it since. Yeah, I, you know, that didn't really touch the sides with me either. And I, yeah, but do, do most Americans know about that? That he came, he went over to Berlin and was, ain't nothing but freedom. Whatever that, what, what was it? Talking about freedom, some kind of song based around freedom. Freedom featured quite heavily in the tune. Yeah, I'm sure it did. We're all and, talking about freedom. Why? We're is, on the wall. Is that because his... I mean, maybe this is a thing that most Americans and me and Sylv just don't know about it. But uh, wh- why? Because his last name is German? I think that certainly didn't hurt his career over okay. there. Okay. See, the biggest problem I have with that is because I have seen the footage. Wasn't he wearing a leather jacket without a shirt? Yes. Now, that just sounds sticky to me. Sounds quite German, really. Yeah. Anytime I see a man wearing a leather jacket without a shirt, I I just think, yeah, that can't be a nice place to be near unless you're a bacteria. A bacterium. Unless you're a bacterium. A bacterium. A bacterium on Hasselhoff's chest. If I'm a bacterium and I'm looking for a place to settle down, I'm going to look for the nearest guy who's wearing a leather jacket without a shirt. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's going to be my my house from now on. Baywatch. We had to discuss it in some way that the show became... An international smash, and this country in particular, the UK, really helped to keep Baywatch going for many, many, many more years than it should have. And in a way that planted the seed for Hasselhoff's celebrity here in the UK, which yeah. we're still feeling with the Hoff the Record you're show. Not, you're not a booby kind of guy. No. Yeah, so, no. you know, I wanted to be Carmen Electra until she lost her mind. Right? And when she started to lose her mind was when she married that guy. Dave Navarro. Dave Navarro. The guitar player from Jane's Addiction and for a brief moment in the Chili Peppers as well. Yeah, so I'm not saying it was his fault. Carmen Electra also appears in Fat Actress. Does she? She does indeed. 
she gets into a bit of an argument ah, with yes, Kirstie Alley's PA. Didn't she marry Dennis Rodman too? Now that I don't know. Okay. So she seems to have a thing, if that is true, and it might not be, there are other basketball players, but if if it is true, then she seems to have a thing for men who are troubled. not very conventional. Yeah, Perhaps troubled, we don't know. But I really wanted to be here. And then she started going a little doolally, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to find another idol. I think. I might go back to Jennifer Beals. I'll, uh, you know. You're going uh, to I keep it old uh, Jennifer, school and flash yeah, dance. Uh, Jennifer, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I forsook you for a while thinking of Carmen Electra in the 90s. I'm really sorry. But, babe, I'm back. I'm back for you. I'm back for you, and I love you. And I'm sorry it ever happened. Are you going to wear some leg warmers? Oh, uh, Dookie, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm bringing them out, babe. And with the headband and everything. And my bacteria. Maybe it wasn't the Chinese. Maybe it was the Hoff. All of London, even the handbags, are swinging to the sides of the Dookie Radio Show. The Dookie Radio Show does not broadcast on a frequency that exists. However, it's available for download every Monday if you're up for it. And oh, heads up, you are. I felt something move, and I think it was in the trouser department. What's it all about? You know, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, firstly, I have no idea what this music is behind me, but it's something to do with pilgrims or something. Anyway, uh, the first thing I'm going to talk about is, you know, people in other countries other than the UK might have heard of the weird desserts they have here, right? So, like, they might have heard that there is actually a dessert called Spotted Dick. You know, that is a real thing. Uh, they might have heard of something called a Sticky Willy. Uh, that's a thing, too. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it's a, it's a dessert thing. Uh, and a Jam Roly Poly. That, that's a thing. Uh, although that does sound a little more dessert-like. Uh, but, you know... What you may not have heard of is something called an iced finger. And see, this is something I don't get. And and you only see them. I've lived here a while and I've only just kind of noticed these. You usually see them in the in the windows of kind of cheesy bakeries, you know, like where they're just a little kind of, you know, not very posh. And what it is, is it's this, it's like a roll, you know, like you get at school. It's just like a roll. Kind of like a Pillsbury, like, poppin' fresh roll. And then what they stick on top of it is like 
uh, icing sugar and water mixture. You know, they drizzle that on top. And they call it an iced finger. What is that all about? Shut it down! Facebook. Click on your mouse to our Facebook page. Facebook. It's easy to find, it will not take an age. www.facebook.com Forward slash The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show The thin white Dukey is right. Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page www.facebook.com Forward slash the Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. Uh, the, uh, I think I might have got whiplash in the posh pit. Oh, it really is so high octane, isn't it? This posh pit. No. Welcome to Posh Pit, a segment in which we celebrate pontificate and do things with Kate regarding the poche and sometimes gauche. Normally on Posh Pit, I discuss observations that posh people have made around me, some of whom are friends, some of whom are complete strangers. This particular instalment involves me. Marsha, Sylvia and myself were discussing a mutual neighbour of ours. This chap travels around the world and everywhere and usually makes observations about places of note, tourist attractions, as well as the experiences that he has enjoyed indoors, in dark rooms. Dark rooms with poles. Poles on stages. And by poles, I'm not talking about the Polish community. Yes, live adult entertainment. Rubberware and leatherware. Marsha, you asked me about whether or not I had ever frequented those kinds of places. And being a, a red-blooded male, the blood that comes from out of my body is indeed red. I said yes. But I said a little bit more. Marsha, explain. I can't do your posh accent, so, uh, Yeah. Your posh answer, though, was, I once went to a strip club in Bangkok. If anything, I felt uncomfortable. Quite. What's this? Please do not do the screamies. We are only here to explore the scintillating situations happening in your city. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome to Scintillating Situations in Your City with Sylvia Silversmith. Hello, Sylvia. Hello, Dookie. Hello, Dookie listeners. And here to chime in with her razor-sharp voice, Marsha MacDonald. Greetings. Yeah, what up? What have you got in store for us this week, Sylvia? Dookie, I have something that's a little bit more unusual. A festival, indeed. And something that's a bit more accessible. Meaning, 
no matter where you are, you can probably do this thing. You don't have to go to a special place. The strange mixed with the easy to obtain. Exactly. Now, which would you like first? I think we should go for strange or difficult to take in, possibly challenging. Well, if you want to do this, then you have to travel unless you live in France in the city of Douai. Do I? Do I ever? Do I? Do I ever? Uh, This is called the festival. Speaking of camp there, we all kind of hit pride last week. And can I just say it was fun, fun, fun. Beautiful weather, beautiful people, and also taking place after some amazing news for the gay and lesbian communities in North America. Proud to be American. Proud. You know what I loved about Pride, and and I'm I'm not one of these you know yeah swinging from the treetops, living in a tent, anti capitalist. You know I'm not one. Of, you know respect. I'm not one of them because uh, I don't camp mostly. Uh, I love the way the big like corporations in London they had like their rainbow flags outside of their. Like the bank, Halifax, you know, they had rainbow flags. Uh, the grocery store, Tesco, they were all rainbow flagged. Uh, the, you know, that's pretty cool. Solidarity. Yeah, it's pretty Integration. cool. Integration. Like oh, and, and you know the bank, what's it called? Coots? Coots and Co. Now, if people don't know Coots, Coots is the bank like where the queen banks. You know, you only bank there if you're worth, you know, well in triple figure millions, right? And, you know, so you would think... You know they pro- they might be kind of conservative, but when I went when I was going to meet you guys, I noticed they had their banners outside were all rainbow flagged. And I thought that was pretty cool. I like that. You know, I, I like it. It's, it was cool. Coots the bank. Quite an old, long-established financial concern, which you would normally associate through its links with the royal family, to be possibly not in support of different kinds of queens so, so that was a refreshing absolutely refreshing uh, bit of good news from their camps i love that as well and so yes that was just a little segue but for now we're going to do i it's near the opal coast i guess it's on the on the border with belgium or near the border of belgium would that make sense to you Duke? absolutely so this will be in northwest france yes so you can visualize where that is yes and what they're having on the weekend of the 12th through the 14th of july is the festival of giants the festival of giants the festival of giants celebrating tall people perhaps kind of Kind of. It's a Mardi Gras atmosphere. Around 100,000 people show up. And what you do is you drink and eat a lot because it's France and it's near Belgium. So food and drink, you know, figures highly. They even have a beer that's particular to this festival called Les Brasseurs de Gaillant or Giant Brewers. So and what happens is that you have a parade through the town. But amongst this parade are giant puppets. Giant puppets. And I'm talking... A parade of of puppets. I'm talking giant. These are, one of them, the man, he's Monsieur Gaillant. He's 28 feet high and he weighs 815 pounds. 
Right, that's quite substantial and his gigantic, uh, even his ever-loving companion. I believe they're companions. She is practically underweight and malnourished at a mere five hundred and fifty pounds. What material are these well, ma- constructed out of? I don't know. I mean, what? Because the man he comes dressed in armor with a sword in his hand and a shield and everything. And what happened? Uh, there, oh, it's a wicker frame, I suppose. And it's dressed, you know, they, they look like, you know, real, like, puppets. Is that an oxymoron, a real puppet? You know what I mean. So, they look, look, so you can see them there, Dookie, because you can help me describe. They do look like big, giant, like, mannequins, like. Absolutely. It's uh, taking the sideshow performers from the circus with their puppetry shows and quite... They tower over the crowd. And I give guess it quite a boost. It takes a lot of manpower, and I do mean men, because if you look under these giants, you will see all kinds of men working them and making them walk. They're loads of men working. Uh, they, they say there's like all these porters underneath them just making them, and you have to get used to looking skyward. At these effigies. Oh, my neck hides. Yes. Your neck might get a little stiff. And there's like a hundred of these effigies parading through the streets. So it's quite a sight. And they each take six men to hold them up. Blimey. And they do mean men. So, and it's just, it sounds fabulous. It's, it's three days of partying. And I guess it goes back, it dates back to 1479. And it was kind of as a nod to royalty. Like, we are the mere small people, but these are the giants of the town. And it's just kind of paying tribute to them. And I just think that a festival that dates all the way back to the 15th century, or though some estimates put it at uh, 1530, but, you know, it's been around a long time. It's been around for a little while. It's been around a long time. I think that a festival that goes back that long, and it it just sounds like so much fun. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing horrible about it. It just goes back to the royalty were inspecting their kingdom and basking in the adoration, and all of us peasants get to eat and drink some wonderful food, and I... I bet it's some amazing drink. And it's fun, fun, fun. The Macy's Parade has a lot to answer for. Absolutely. Although the participants of that parade, the paraders, what do you call people who participate in a parade? Uh, Participants. The participants are able to get from point A to point B via helium. And... This lot in France. Yes. In Do I Ever. Yes. They have to physically lift them. This is true, but Dookie, as a lifelong Bugs Bunny worshipper, I'm probably more likely to worship at the toes of our dear Tweety Bird and Sylvester. Gee, I wonder why I like him so much. Why are you then, a fan of Sylvester, Then I would to bask at the feet of supposed royalty. So, but that's me. So, if but if I had, to, you know, if you held a gun to my head and you said Tweety Bird or Long Lost Royalty, it would be Tweety Bird for me all the way. I'm afraid I'm going to go with Long Lost Royalty. I think okay. the, the French have overshadowed the Americans here. I apologise to lovers of Thanksgiving in the Americas 
But uh, I'm going to go to France. When does this take place? Give us details. July 12th through the 14th. So as you Brits say, you better get your skates on if you want to go. Absolutely. So are you ready for the second thing? Hit me. Well, didn't we both? Uh, Martha sadly couldn't come with us, but Dookie, you and I went to see Amy. The documentary about our dearly departed Amy Winehouse. A very captivating film and a very simple and incredibly effective way to detail a life. Yeah. And, and I don't want to get all maudlin about it because, you know, there's there's enough of that in the world. There's enough maudlining all over the world. And and it is indeed a very, very sad movie. I mean, let's face it, we all know how it ends. But there were two parts of the movie that I just thought, isn't she fabulous? One of them, and Dookie, I think we discovered something about you that we need to inform our dear Marcia about. Right, okay. Dookie, we know what rings your bell. Do we not, Dookie? I don't quite Really, do we know what rings the Dookie bell? Right, Dookie, for Boom. now, there for lots of men in the world, you know, men who are into boobies. Boobies is where it's at for men, right? Mammary glands feature yeah. heavily in the lots of men interests of the majority of my boobies male all the way. Yes, counterparts for straight men. It's boobies for male men. Mammaries tend yes. to be it. For gay men, you know, it might be bums. Yes. Yes. So, you know, it's something quite physical for, for lots of men and for lots of women, too. You know, lots of women like six packs. I like more of a dad bod myself, personally. For you, it's a stroppy woman who can do comedy foreigner. Oh, really? Is that what dings your dong there, Dookie? Maybe. So, Amy is in Spain having a holiday. In a really not very nice place by the looks of it. But anyway, her friend is filming her. And she manages to carry out a really good comedy Spanish accent for like 10 solid minutes. Which was very funny and very endearing. But I was sitting next to our dear Dookie. And his, I could notice... A f- I could notice his heart, little his little heart was going boom, titty, boom. And you had never thought of Amy that way before, had you, Dookie? No. No, I hadn't, you think, to be When honest. you think about Amy Winehouse, you think, you know, obviously the horrible things. She did have terrible addictions, but also formidable talent. My word, what a voice. What Effortless. you don't think. Tremendous songwriter as well. Absolutely. You know, formidable talent. But what you don't think is that she's going to ring Dookie's dong. By being, you know, she was quite a stroppy young girl doing a comedy foreigner accent. Dookie, you came over all hot and flush, did you not? She was genuinely very, very, very funny. And I I found it to be delightful and captivating at times. And And the second place that you decided that you loved her was when she was going to be announced for the Grammys. And she wasn't actually at the Grammys, was she? She was set up in London in a club being filmed to see whether she was going to win or not. At Riverside Studios, at Riverside in fact, Studios, in Hammersmith, right. if I'm going to be pedantic. And so they were announcing the nominees. And she wasn't being filmed at this point, to be fair to her. The stroppy girl that she was. She wasn't being filmed, but she had all her family and her backing band with her. 
And they said, Justin Timberlake, for what comes around, goes around. And she turned to everybody saying, Justin Timberlake named his album What Comes Around, Goes Around, (laughs) with a roll of the eyes. And that was very funny and very endearing. I don't personally see what's wrong with that title, but she she seemed to find something quite strange about it. She found it to be a little bit naff, and although I do like that Timberlake song... I'm going to side with yeah, the late speaking great of, Winehouse. Speaking of dinging your dong, yeah, let's ask our Sylv how she feels about the Timberlake. Ooh, are you a fan of Justin? Were you an NSYNC fan? No. Was all this talk no, about dare you. metal gods earlier I in do, vain? Like, I was a rock chick for a while, and, and I'm not by any means a boy band girl, but his solo, let's face it, he's not hard on the eye now, is he? He's a very good-looking man, absolutely. I mean, and yes, I mean, he isn't my normal fare, but yes, uh, he isn't my normal fare, but if I had a big dessert spoon and him in front of me, let's just say I would make very short work of him. Yum. So, yes. So, our dear Amy, so go see it. I didn't think that I was going to blub because I didn't think, I just thought, yeah, you know, she's a great talent. You know, I think the world is a much poorer place without her Agreed, her yes. soul and her amazing talent in it. But uh, so I, did, I was just kind of thinking, yeah, it's really sad. And then, you know, I just blubbed. I and started to well up as well. She was a I, very endearing mm. person. And I, I just think that we should dedicate this podcast today to her because I think not only did this world lose a formidable talent, but I think they also lost a very nice person. I think the media... Scrappy though she was. Absolutely. I think the media, particularly when she was at the height of her fame and at the height of her personal troubles and, and demons, I think the public got a skewed image of what she was like. And and, what, and, and the public just loves to, to make fun of a, of a troubled kind of talented woman. They can't stand mm. just having a talented woman who's talented and amazing. They have to you know go after her for her troubles particularly and in this country we... i think we sh- yes and i think we should turn that on its head i think she was a mousy mousy girl and, and that all comes the better across in the it. film as well it's yes. by no means a, a deification it's not a hagiography of, of of winehouse but i like that word can i say it again please do because i feel clever when i say, say it slowly hagiography do you Ooh. know what a, do, i don't know because i didn't know what a hagiography was i had to look it up it means uh, somebody who writes about the lives of the saints, which means you're, you're, if you write a hagiography of somebody, like you're, you're turning them into a saintly type being. So it's not a hagiography. They weren't m- making her saint-like. She was a, a difficult and mouthy, stroppy girl with, you know, I just think I, if I was her mama, I would have just given her the biggest hug and then kicked her up her bum. And said, sort yourself out, love, because you're too lovely and too wonderful and too talented to be drinking yourself like this. And what a shame. Here's to Amy. I think she was amazing and may she rest in peace. A great film on general release around the world. Why did he name his album What Comes Around Goes Around? I agree. I think it's kind of stupid. It is a bit of a shit title. Sylvia, it has been a slice of puppetry wonderment and a full wine house of brilliant to have you here on scintillating situations in your city.
Thank you, Dookie. And thank you, Dookie listeners. This has been Sylvia Silversmith reporting on scintillating situations in your city. Do you know what I'd like to hear? What's that, Dookie? Irene doing that Justin Timberlake track. I think that can be arranged. What comes around goes around, goes around, goes around, comes back around. So this week, Dookie, uh, it's been kind of hot. Uh, I don't really do too well with the heat. Uh, yeah, and then again, I don't really do too well with any kind of weather. Uh, anyway, uh, I try not to go out in the heat, but I had to go out and get something down on Oxford Street. You don't want to go down Oxford Street on a Saturday because... Uh, it's pretty much like Sodom and Gomorrah down there. Uh, but that was it. I was there and I was walking around. And, you know, there's people buzzing by me here and there, everywhere. And they're just, uh, everybody's getting hacked off with everybody else, you know, getting in front of them and everything. And this uh, couple kind of got behind me, and they're trying to get around me, and uh, he was trying to describe, I don't know, something to her. And what I overheard him say was, uh, it's like my feet were scared. Shaving in your face. But I'm thinking of freezing me eggs now, innit? I'm fairly certain that Lemmy went to my school. Let's see what Slutty Sue is doing in her house. In her house. Let's see what Slutty Sue is doing in her house. In her house. Are you done with those mugs? To a mere pedestrian or uninitiated local, Penge may appear to be an unremarkable suburb of London. Neither city nor country, neither posh nor destitute. But in this quiet enclave in the southeastern quarter of our nation's capital, is an Art Deco semi-detached house owned and occupied by a North American transplant to Blighty named Slutty Sue. She likes to clean. I popped into Slutty Sue's pristine abode and asked, Slutty Sue, what have you been up to? I just got back from Glastonbury. Of course, it rained there on the first day, so everything got traditionally Dirty. The guy in the tent next to mine saw me with my bottle of disinfectant and asked if I could give him a hand. 
I said I could, and so I gave his pole a thorough polishing. Turns out he lives not far from me, so since we've been home, he's been calling on my assistance for his other needs. So today I've mostly been helping my Glastonbury friend clean and dismantle his massive tent. God, Jesus, my hemorrhoids hurt. Well, that's your lot. From the Tour de France affecting the day-to-day life of an American transplant in the heart of London to the international cultural legacy that continues to be forged by David Hasselhoff. To say we've covered a lot of ground in this episode would be an understatement. This has been Sylvia's Cycles. My name is Dukey and I've been your host. May the worst of tomorrow be the best of yesterday. Now it's time for me to go and... uh, Pop my weasel. Thanks for listening. Half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel. I want to ride me bicycle. Bicycle, 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 bicycle. There was a lot of David Asseloff on that one, innit?